Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. So, um, and we had uh, G-Money and Jess's wedding last night. I'm amazed of those that did make it that I see from the wedding last night. And then, of course, there's a ton of people that aren't here from that and the parking. But this creates a great atmosphere for something that um, I was walking the long walk with my son. And I was like, you know what we haven't done in a while? Exactly. (laughs) And we're doing it this morning. Because other people won't do it because they're like, oh, I don't want to make people uncomfortable. But I have no problem with that if I think it's a good thing. And so what I'm going to do is uh, get you guys in groups of three or four. (gasps) Wait, this is church. We just sit in a chair and we stare forward. (laughs) No. So what we're going to do is is we're going to be talking about confession this morning. Exactly. Can I get a yay? Yeah. We're going to talk about confession this morning. But when I said that word, immediately in your mind, you you have a vision of what that means. Okay? So in groups of no less than three, no more than six, in your group, not everyone has to share. You could just go like this. Usually it's guys that do this. Stare, and they don't talk. You cannot talk. Um, however, for those of you that feel like you have to keep talking, please don't keep talking. Allow other people the space to talk. So those are your parameters. Um, and we'll just take a couple minutes to do that. But when I say the word confession, what pops in your head? Okay? It doesn't have to be churchy. It could be non-churchy. But the word confession, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? Groups of three or four, you can move your chairs around and go. Okay, so try to wrap it up. If someone hasn't shared that wants to share, share now. All right, so we're going to put James 5.16 up on the screen. And uh, if you have your Bibles, please go to your Bibles rather than the screen because having it in your hand is always better. Uh, Because that means you're actually getting into it, James chapter 5. So for the next four weeks, we're going to go through the sacraments. And some of you heard that word, and we could do a whole other small group thing on that if we wanted to. But all these pictures pop up into your head, um, and they mean different things to different uh, religious traditions and groups. Um, The Catholic tradition has seven sacraments. The evangelicals quite haven't figured out what they're doing, so they don't know how many. Um, But for us, we're going to choose four. And the first one that we're going to choose for this Sunday is confession. And um, my, if I were to be in a group and I were to share what pops up into my head, um, I didn't really have any background with it. So when I heard the word confession, I would immediately think of like my Catholic roots and I, I say roots loosely. It's not like I grew up in a Catholic church and went every Sunday, but those are my roots. And we, uh, I've shared this before, so I won't go into too much detail, but we, when I was a child, we moved around a lot, but one of my primary memory, memories was in San Diego, and we lived across the canyon or about two blocks away from a monastery. And so we would go over to the monastery, my little brother and I, and I don't really know how old I was. We were probably between, se- I was seven, between seven and nine, and he's, two years younger than I, and we would go over there, and um, the nuns, because it's the monastery, the, the nuns would come out, and we call it a monastery, but wouldn't that make it a nunnery? 
They called themselves a monastery and they were just ladies. So we would come and they had this, this wooden like, what's that thing you call that's in your kitchen that's usually down low and you spin it? Lazy Susan, right. So they'd have like the lazy Susan and it would spin around and then we hear a voice on the other side and we would, my brother and I would just draw pictures and just talk. Like I didn't come in and go, oh, it's been, you know, seven years since my last confession and here it is. I, there was nothing like that. We would just sit and just the sweetest ladies, I'm assuming they were older, I have no idea because I never saw their face. There was no screen, it was just a mahogany wood Lazy Susan, and it was fairly tall. I don't know what you were supposed to put in that. They never told me, but we would just draw, and I'm assuming we didn't bring our own paper and crayons. I never thought about it until right now, so she probably had some, um, and spinning around, and we would just talk, and we would just be ourselves, and that was my experience, confession. However, we all have ideas of what we think that means, and this is what I wanna ask you to do this morning. Whatever picture you had, Whatever you shared, I want you to try to erase it all and start from scratch. And let's let the word of God shape what that looks like. There's, there's probably five primary verses that talk about us confessing. And when we think of that, we immediately think, oh, that means I confess the bad things I did. Right? That's usually what we think. But let's look at what that word means in the Old Testament and the New Testament because it's pretty eye-opening and it really broadens what it means to confess. So if we could have the definition of confession up there. Um, in uh, Hebrew, um, the word, there's, there's a couple words, but they come from the same root, yada, which is kind of cool because you know, yada, 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 yada. You know how you throw that out? And if you've seen Seinfeld, you see that, but you don't really know where it came from. Yada means to know, um, or it means to make known. Kind of a, a unique way to look at it. Another way to say it, which is the same way they say it in Greek, is to acknowledge, admit, or to make known. So a lot of times in the Old Testament, when it's talking about confess, it means to confess who God is. It has nothing to do primarily with us confessing, this is what I've done wrong, please forgive me for my sins, because I want to start over. That's what we usually think, but it means to make known, to be honest. And so to be honest about who God is, to make known his name, to confess his name. So when you think of a court of law today, another way you use the word confess is, hey, that person, we arrested them and they confessed. And usually means they confess they're guilty. But that's not what the word confess means. You could come in, you could be arrested when you leave here, and they could um, bring you in on charges of stealing donuts and coffee. And you could go there and you know, they say, so what do you plead? I confess, I hate donuts, I just had a bagel. You're telling the truth. You're not saying you did anything wrong, you're being honest. You're admitting, making known, declaring. I like these ones even better, to be conspicuous. To be inconspicuous is to be sly, so nobody, but to be conspicuous is just make it obvious and put it out there. And so in the Old Testament is put it out there, your faith, your belief to make known who God is, to be obvious. And then of course, since it's me, um, to be naked. Okay, I know, the pastor just said the word naked, but that's what it is. It's to be real. It's to be honest. It's to not cover yourself up. So 
To confess is the opposite of covering yourself up. Psalm 32 is um, where we'll see the word yada, or in its different forms. And I think this explains a lot of what we mean by confession. Because if you don't, this is what it feels like. The psalmist is, is sharing the poetry of their heart. They're speaking to God. And for this morning, we're going to primarily focus on being honest, not about declaring God's name, although that's important. But for our focus this morning in terms of the sacraments and what we're going to call them are the basics. We're not going to call them the sacraments, only because then we get caught up in, wait, that word to me means this, but the basics. The basics of what we as a church live out. And confession is a basic that we should be doing consistently. And so in this basics, this is something we can all relate with. This is something in the Psalms that we can all connect with. Because each of us, when we think about confession or being honest or, or making known or obvious or conspicuous or to acknowledge or admit, most of us don't do it because we're afraid that we won't be completely accepted that we won't be completely embraced by each other or by God himself. And so we cover ourselves up because it feels safer. Almost like Adam and Eve, right? Like Adam and Eve, they, they did exactly what God said not to. So instead of confessing, what they do? Let's get some leaves. Think about that for a second. Oh no, what do I do? Let's grab some leaves. It doesn't make any sense and in the same way, it makes no sense to try to cover ourselves up or cover up who we really are, but just be real about our successes and our failures and let God define that and then see what happens when God and others embrace us in the midst of that. And so the psalmist said this. He said, when I kept silent, talking about that understanding of, oh, I know this wasn't right. I know that I've this, this, this law of nature inside of me, I know that I did what I shouldn't do, but it comes so naturally, but yet I kept silent about it. And when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sat as in the heat of summer. Anybody know what that feels like? when it's just weighing on you and there's something, there's a relationship, there's, and immediately you're going to behavior, but, but try to veer off of behavior, but this sense of this isn't right and I know it and it's weighing me down. And yet what do we do? Let's look at the next verse, verse five. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I did not cover it up because that's what we do. We wanna cover it up like the leaves. On July 4th, um, it's chaotic for our family. We have this tradition with our good friends, and we do all these things, and uh, we go to like two different places. And so this year, as if there wasn't enough to do, we decided to double it, and we went to four different places. So four, it's like a progressive July 4th. And so eventually you get to this point where you're like, ah, well, I do. And so we'd finish the second part of the four-part series on July 4th. And so we're coming to my van, and it's uh, my daughter and my two sons, and uh, my wife is down there. We just made her carry everything up. And so we were walking to the car, and so I opened the van doors, 
It's one of those van doors where the doors kind of close sometimes. Sometimes they stay open. You just don't know what you're going to get. And my daughter, the youngest, decides to just kind of run up and throw her bag in. And I'm a little bit OCD, and there's a certain way we put stuff in the car. And so she throws it down, and the door goes, and hits her in the back. She's like, ah. And so my two sons are behind me, and I do what any good dad should do. I went, serves you right. You shouldn't have just dropped your bag in there like that. Well, she's crying. She turns around and looks at me with this like, what? And so I do what you do when you do something stupid. I just covered it up. What? And then I look and I see the look in my son's faces. And it's like this disappointment. Like, what is your problem? You know, usually that's what the dad does to the children. But my children are doing that to me. So, you know understanding what was happening. I said, whatever. And then I just showed everything in the car and, and I'm driving and I'm trying to like cover it up. So, did you guys have fun at the beach? You know, I'm trying to like fix this situation because I don't want to address the fact that I was a complete jerk. And I knew it. And so the day goes on and I'm not forgetting about it. It's weighing on me. And you just know. Like C.S. Lewis has said, like, whether you're following Christ or not, you just know what the right thing is to do. It's written on our hearts. And yet when we don't do it, there's this embarrassment and shame. We don't want to admit. We don't want to acknowledge. We don't want to confess. And so it's just weighing on me. And so that night passes because, you know, hey, why? If you're going to go one day, just go two days. So I went two days, and it just kept weighing on me, just like the psalmist talked about. And you can acknowledge it to the Lord, which is who we go to first. The Bible says, you know, to you, to you alone, Lord, who have I sinned against? Which is a way to say, look, to you first, Lord, should I ask for forgiveness? And then, of course, the Lord says, look, before you bring your offerings to me, if you know you have done something wrong to someone else, you go to them. Then come to me with your offerings. Whew. Why is it so hard? Especially with three little people that I love so much. And so... Um, not the next morning, because that would be way too soon. The morning after, I'm like, okay, guys, get together. I haven't told Stephanie any of this, right? Because, like, it's just embarrassing. You, you feel as if, well, you don't even think through it. You just know, like, I better cover it up. Because it doesn't feel good to be naked and real because you're afraid you're not going to be embraced. But I know this is the right thing to do. And I know it's the right thing to model for them. But I know it's the right thing to do for me also. It's, it's what we're supposed to do. So... I sit them all down and, and remember these nine words. Whether you're in a marriage, whether you have kids, if you're a human being, you're supposed to bump up against other people. And these are nine words that are gonna come in handy. And I know you're gonna count them, so you're welcome to count them if you need to, if it helps you remember it. I may mess it up. One of the words is a contraction. Don't get on my case about that. <laughs> but I sat them down and, and I went through the nine words. And it's not a matter of just saying the nine words, it's meaning them, and I meant them. And I said, guys, you remember that thing that happened? And they, mm-hmm. They, it was like, oh, really? I forget. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, they knew. But it doesn't matter. Sometimes when you go to people, they've forgotten. I'm like, what? What's the big deal? But I knew. And they knew in this situation. And I said, look, I was wrong. Three words. And I was. I'm sorry. And I was. I really felt bad. I'm sorry. Two words. Two words. 
And then the last four, will you forgive me? And it's nice to say, will you forgive me and then move on? But I looked them in the eye and, I, and they kind of stared at me. I said, Karis, will you forgive me? Yeah, daddy, I forgive you. Look over at Zeke. Yeah, I forgive you, dad. Look over at Keaton. He's older, so it takes him a little bit longer. I forgive you. And I won't say which one of them, but one of them started to cry. Like they're tearing up. And they didn't want to cry because they needed to cover that up. You don't want to be honest. You don't want to be, hey, that really hurt. You got you to cover that up as well. But that's when I went, whoa, I'm really glad I did this. Because how long would that have stuck with that particular child? How long? How many of you have something that stuck with you for so long? When you were eight or 12 or 14. And this morning, we're not talking about you need to go to someone and go, yes, they need to come and forget. Because so many of us are waiting for someone. There's always someone in our lives that we're waiting. Would you just say, I'm sorry, because I really need that from you. And no matter how we try to pull it out of them or grab it, it doesn't happen. And we're like, oh, if they'd only. But you can't control that. You can't be involved in pulling that out of them. You could say, look, you hurt me. This really was painful. And they may not at you, but they may have to still cover it up because they don't feel comfortable for whatever reason. But what we're talking about this morning is us. We're talking about our need individually, but also our need as the community of faith that we are designed to live in a state, a way of living where we are open and honest with each other and with the Lord. Not only about confessing who he is, which is a whole nother sermon, a whole nother message, who knows, may happen next Sunday or the Sunday after. I'm getting fired up about that one. Never planned on doing that one, but for this morning, it's about what we need to do to be honest with the Lord and with each other. So the primary verse we're gonna look at is James chapter five. So if you could go there. James chapter five, verse 16. And what we're gonna look at is, and I'm gonna break these words up slowly, therefore confess. Now, the word confess, we talked about its definition, but this means to do it and to do it all the time. Because in the Greek, in the language this was in, it, there's more to it than just the verb. It means to do it continuously, and it's a command. So James is talking to this, this little group of people and he's telling them, look, you need to do this all the time. It's not just a one-off. It's you need to live in this perpetual state of being honest, of admitting, of being real, of being naked, where? With each other. And who's the each other? Not just randoms. For example, if you're visiting this morning, you're like, hey, I just showed up on a Sunday. I don't know any of you. It's not natural to just go, hey, well, let me talk talking to you about my stuff. That doesn't make any sense. The each other, by definition of saying, you're community of faith. When I broke us up into small groups, when I first said that, most of you were like, oh, gosh, because we don't want to be even talk to the person next to us. And like, what's the question going to be? I hope it's not a real question. I hope it's like, what's your favorite breakfast cereal or something like that where I don't have to actually be open and honest because that's tough. But in the nature of the community of faith, you are meant to be known and to know to the point where this is not awkward, where this is natural. There are ways to do this where it can be awkward even in the community of faith. So there's ways to learn how to do this, but we stumble our way through it. 
but we do it because it's a command and it needs to be continuous. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now I wanna go back up to the very first word we skipped over it, therefore. We've talked about this tons of times. We take scripture and we like to take things in the Bible, we like to pull them out and make them work for us. You know, for example, we've talked before about uh, where two or more are gathered, I am there in your midst. You know, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. We're like, yeah, see, if there's two or three of us, God's right here. And we just take that little verse out and we put it off on its own. But as we've talked about, that's talking about discipline, which means if someone is, is off of the path, we love them enough to say, hey, let's talk. And if they're like, oh, I don't want to talk, you bring someone else with you. Where two or three are gathered. So you could take that off on its own, but you need to see how it fits in the whole picture. Or we say, for I know the plans God has for me, plans to prosper me. And we like, oh, that sounds so good. But you need to look at it in its whole context. And so if you see the word therefore, there's something else above it that you need to see. You can't just take it itself, cut it out and say, here it is. You need to look at the bigger picture. So we're going to go and look at its bigger picture, verses 14 through 16. Because these two verses, or these three verses, are verses that we like to take and piece apart. For example, can you go to that slide, John? Um, so verse 14 is one that we, we talk about a lot. If you're sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, you would have probably never connected that with confession, but it's all wrapped up. It's not meant to be separated. It's not to be meant to be cut apart. And the prayer offered in faith will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. You're like, wait, wait, if they've sinned, we're talking about just praying. So it seems natural to us. Well, let's just cut it right there and make these two separate teachings. But they're wrapped up together. And there's our verse right there. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Makes a lot more sense now that the word healed is in there, right? When you look up verse 14 to say, look, is there anyone here that's sick? So for example... If there was anyone here this morning that's sick, and basically where two or more gathered, someone's gonna be sick. So there's someone here that's either physically, emotionally, or mentally sick. That's the, that's the understanding of that word sick. So if someone is sick, James is saying you need to go to the leaders of the church, the elders, the overseers, and have them pray over you. And it was part of their tradition for many reasons that we won't get into where they would use oil much like they would use for the sheep. And they would take this oil and they would place it on your head and they would pray over you. And it says that this prayer, offered in faith, will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, so because you're supposed to do this, therefore, be honest, acknowledge, be conspicuous, admit your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person. Who's the righteous person? The leaders. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. When it comes to confession, one of the things that we like to do is just, you know, just between me and God. That's like, you know, I had the Catholic roots and then I started hanging out with these evangelicals um, and, or Protestants or whatever you want to call them, the Jesus people. And so, I'd hang out with him and like, hey, you don't need to do that. You just go between you and the Lord. It's just you and God. You don't have to do that. Well, that's not what James is saying here. 
There's a balance. Can you go to God? Yes. Should you go to him first? Yes. But if you hurt someone, and the reality is to be righteous, to do what is right is an intention. To be righteous is an intention to do what is right. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you have an intention to do what is right. I had every intention to be the calm parent to go, oh, Karis, that's, oh, come here, babe. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I should do. That's what I would do again the next time it happens if everybody was standing in the same position because I would remember. But the reality is we don't always do that, but it's that understanding. But when we don't do that, we hurt people. You know what? You are going to hurt someone. It's what we do. And that is why we need to continually confess to each other. It's what we need to do because it's what we were made to do because if you don't, it builds up. Think about what the psalmist says in Psalm 32. It was just weighing on me and it felt like this dryness and it was like the sun is heating me up and I felt this weight. That weight will make you sick. Now that doesn't mean that every time that you sin, you're gonna get sick. And it doesn't mean that every time you're sick, oh, there must be some sin. That's not what this is saying. If you look at scripture in its whole, it's not saying that, but there are times when you are sick because you need to confess. There are times where you have mental illness, physical illness, or emotional illness because you need to come like I did as a little child. That's what confession looks like. Come just as you are. The kingdom of God, come just like a child and come before the Lord and come before each other and draw pictures. Be yourself. Be honestly, thoroughly yourself and put yourself at risk of being embraced in the midst of that shame and then embarrassment. And you will be surprised, blown away at the grace that people have. You'll be blown away, especially for those that know God's love for them when they come to you and they embrace you in the midst of your failure. What do we do with this? When um, a few months back we did this and I was uh, talking with the, the team and, and I said, we, let's do this, but I couldn't be there that Sunday. And I said, I really wanna have a Sunday where we really focus on this and really go deeper into this. Because if it's supposed to be the basics, you make a decision to follow Jesus, one of the things that we need to consistently do is to confess. So we don't wanna talk about this one time out of the year. Let's talk about it again. Let's go deeper and give our people the opportunity to do this. And so what we're gonna do is, is out there, if you look out those windows, you'll see these tables. And on those tables are these pieces of paper. And that's a place for you to confess whatever it is you need to confess. And in that, well, what are you supposed to do? Don't just focus on, well, I did something bad. Whatever that thing is, it's weighing on you. Whatever that perception is that no matter how far back it was, whether it was yesterday, whether it was July 4th, whether it was when you were four, write it down. Now, our tendency is to cover ourselves up. Okay, I wrote it down, but it's just me, and I can see it, and there it is. However, here, we're going to have other people's, that, other people's that we, that wasn't done on accident, by the way. That's not bad grammar. That's just me being cool with language. We have these other people's that are going to be over here 
where the donuts usually are, but they're not there. And those are people that we believe in, that we consider to be righteous people, not perfect people. Three men, three ladies, who we know are seeking with their heart to be righteous, seeking to use those nine words, seeking to honor Christ, seeking to make his name known, seeking to surrender to him. And they will be there for you to confess to. However, it's not them really that we're going to. John 20, 23, Jesus said, look, I'm sending you. He's talking to his disciples, his followers, his students. I'm sending you. Whoever you forgive will be forgiven. And whoever you don't forgive won't be forgiven. Wait, 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 you won't be forgiven? Wait, who's not gonna be forgiven? Someone that really doesn't wanna be forgiven. Just saying, yeah, I did that, and I'll do it again. That's not what it means. Confession is that understanding of this is not what I wanna be. But to say, yep, I punched that lady right in the eyeball. And I'm looking forward to leaving today and punching her in the other eyeball. That's, that's what that means, because there's a reality where there's some people like, I'm just gonna keep doing this, and there's nothing that's gonna change it. They're not forgiven because they choose not to do that. But when you're coming back, they're not the ones. They are ambassadors. They are representing Christ. When Christ sent out his disciples in John 20, 23, he said, I'm sending you. And because I send you, when you forgive, you're forgiving in my name. And so those that are out there, this is all they're going to say. They're just going to pray over you. The prayer of a righteous person will accomplish much. You're going to share with them, and they're going to say to you, I love you. God loves you. I forgive you. God forgives you. And because we're tricky and fancy, that paper, there's water there. That paper, you're going to drop it into the water, and it's going to dissolve. It's not magic. Don't leave them go, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happened in church. They somehow found a way to take paper. It's a miracle. No, it's some kind of special paper. Kim does that kind of stuff. She found it. But that's supposed to represent to you that as far as the east is from the west, so have your sins departed from you because that's what God does. And I'm gonna share with you something in closing um, that I feel is, is what God has called me to now. And I shared it on Easter Sunday. Um, I used to talk about the one thing. You know, we need to love God and we need to love our neighbor. And this is the one thing. You know, two sides of the same coin. But... Um, in the midst of the crazy, in the midst of the lung transplant, in the midst of on January 1st, speaking to God as face-to-face as I know how, and as I was walking away from that experience with God, I was blown away when God basically was communicating to me, people are forgiven before they ask for forgiveness. I know it sounds crazy, and other theologians argue about this, well, you know, you, well, let's look at this. And some people go, oh, he's right. I don't care. I know what I heard, I know what I saw, and I'm here to tell you today that even if other people won't forgive you because they just can't get to that point because they were hurt so bad and they just can't get to that, and in their own pain they wanna cover up, they're gonna eventually have to confess that because they've held it on and it's gonna weigh them down. But for you, I want you to know that God has forgiven you before you even walk out there. Some of you, you don't need to go out there. Some of you are like, you know, there's a person right next to me. 
that I feel as safe with as anyone and I need to confess this to them. Or maybe it's a person three seats away from you and you're like, that's actually the person I've hurt and I need to go to them. Even if they're like, what are you talking about? You need to go to them. Because we need to confess to each other continuously and pray for each other so that we can be healed. That's why God gives us these commandments because it's what's good for us. So I'm gonna invite the worship team up. I wanna invite all of us to stand, so if you could all stand with me. Sorry, I wish I was taller, because now you stood up and halfway down, you're like, wait, where'd he go? <laughs> Sorry, it's as tall as I get, and I got shorter through this whole thing. I lost a half inch or three quarters of an inch, and I didn't have much to go with, so. Sorry. But Steve, you can see me. You're a tall man. In this, I know this is way out of some of your comfort zones. And the reality is you're going to go back there and you're going to share some things. And all they're going to say is, I love you. God loves you. I forgive you. God forgives you. Some of you may need to go and go through a process with someone professionally, whether pastoral or whether they are um, psychological or psychiatrist, you may need more work. So we don't want to limit what you've been through. But know that God intends to heal you and to make you whole. If you need more of that help, fill that out on the connection card and turn that in. We will help connect you to give you further work. But they're not going to counsel you. They're not going to walk you through the process. And trust me, they want to. When we did it before, they're like, oh. They wanted to do more. But you know what? We're going to let God do what he does. And instead of us trying to step into his place, we're going to represent him and let him bring the healing. Father God, we surrender to you. We admit. We confess. We want to be obvious to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this is the way this is going to work. There's going to be three songs or so. So during those three songs, um, at any time, you can go through any of these doors. I'll open up these doors. Um, in one way or another, at some time during these three songs to go. If it's just two of us left in here, so be it. We've all had it. Where you're naked and nobody else is. Right? That's not really a dream about you being physically naked. That's our fear. And here's the beauty of what James is trying to say. What God has called for him to teach people he was talking with and us included. The reality is everybody is naked when they don't have clothes on. And they look just like you. And in this beauty of seeing people going in and out if you were to hear their stories, you would laugh. Now, that sounds weird to say, but you would laugh just like when I confessed to you. I was really confessing to my kids, but I shared that with you and you all laughed. It wasn't that funny at the time, but it's funny because you know what I'm talking about. Because underneath it, you're like, yeah, I could do that. I did that yesterday. I'm going to do that tomorrow. My friend, the, the pastor, poet, Buzzy, I was talking with him about this a couple days ago. And he said something so beautiful that I want to leave us with. He said, audible honesty 
Not just saying, Lord, forgive me, but saying it out loud. Let it be audible. Saying it to someone else. Saying it to each other. Audible honesty changes our chemistry. Hear that again. Audible honesty changes our chemistry. It does. Some of you just experienced that today. Some of you are going to experience that this afternoon. But it needs to be continual for us. We, if we're God's people, we confess to each other consistently. Let's close with this verse. This will be the verse that we send us out with. The, could you put on the first John 8, 9, 1 John? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Go in the name of the Lord. And if you have kids, go grab them. If you still need to go out there and you're like, but I want, but I, go. You can still go out there. You don't even have to have the paper. They're going to be out there. They'll play one more acoustical song or something. But if you have kids and you need to confess before you go do that, otherwise grab your kids.